Hey, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit like, upvote, all of that stuff. Do it, do it if you don't mind. John Gillespie from the Grove Report is joining us in our continuing Kermit Davis coverage um, that since he has been let go from Ole Miss. Now, John, why did they decide to do this now, do you think? Because we've been hearing for weeks that this was going to the end of the season. So why now? I think that's a question that's on a lot of people's minds. Um, you know, because this this kind of reminds me of Andy Kennedy firing, you know, kind of late in the year um, back a few years ago. But I, I think that, you know, perhaps Keith Carter just decided, okay, if – if I'm going to do this inevitably at the end of the year anyway, why not go on and get it done and get a head start on the search? Um, that may not be his thought process at all. Uh, I'm not sure because I'm not in his mind and I have no experience in athletic administration, but that's kind of what, you know, one of the things that crosses my mind is that, and, you know, maybe he already has a name or two that he's, he's pondering and hoping to go after. And uh, maybe he feels pretty good about those. I know the Ole Miss fan base has a name or two that they're pondering, and they have been for about three or four weeks. And let's just go ahead and start with our little bit of a video hot board here. Um, who do you think is the top candidate right now? Ooh, that is a good question. I think it depends on who you ask. Um, if you ask, you know, Ole Miss fans, who who do they want most? I think the the answer to that would be Chris Beard, right? But I don't think necessarily, you know, that that's not necessarily Keith Carter's top candidate. Um, I think Dusty May is an option there. Obviously, we have all these names listed at thegrovereport.com, um, some guys to kind of keep an eye on. And some some people are already floating the name Penny Hardaway. I don't see that at all. Um, I, I don't think that he would be a good fit in Oxford. And, I, you know, frankly, with all the NCAA baggage and everything that has – accompanied his stay in Memphis, I, I don't see that really at all. Um, I keep hearing some Will Wade stuff, seeing some Will Wade stuff. Um, I, I don't know that Keith Carter would go there necessarily with everything that's happened there with him over the last few years. But um, I think a lot of Ole Miss fans kind of want a splashy hire. I think Chris Beard would be that. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if if a Dusty May or, or someone like that ends up ends up in Oxford. Yeah, um, somebody on Twitter, I think it was Jeff Goodman, um, posted his top three candidates that he he had been hearing about the Ole Miss job, and it was Chris Beard, Dusty May, and Will Wade were the three names that they were hearing. And Will Wade was not as much as the other two. So, honestly, it's basically a top two at this point. But we also need to remember that on these coaching searches, the first names you hear aren't usually the names that get the job. Right. I mean, it's a lot of times it's – who am I calling first to make them say no before I go to the next option? Um, and that, that could be the situation here, but obviously, you know, if, if it is a Chris Beard or a Will Wade, it's a little bit different situation because they're not with a team right now. Right. So, I mean, that's, you know, an, another variable that has to kind of be thrown into this that, um, you know, some of the names on, on these lists, you know, you're not necessarily having to pull away from other programs. You might be having to compete with other programs to get them, but they're not having to, leave a program that they're currently, you know, located with. So, um, but that is interesting. I had, I had actually not seen that tweet, but uh, I guess I hit the nail on the head a little bit with my explanation. So, Of course, man. That's what you do, right? 
that's what I try to do. Yeah. Anyway, um, this is my thought, and um, I, I had a reaction, the reaction video today. I described this as well, but I, I think the Ole Miss basketball job, honestly, as far as the last 120 years, is probably on par to what Vanderbilt is in football. This, this traditionally is not a successful job at all. So, when Ole Miss needs a head basketball coach, if they need to get out of this. This goes so far beyond just hiring a good basketball coach because Ole Miss has hired good basketball coaches multiple times in the past, and those guys have been unsuccessful and gotten fired. And you got Rob Evans, you got a little bit of Rod Barnes, you got some Andy Kennedy, and then you got one year Kermit Davis. And I just named 90% of Ole Miss's basketball history. Mm-hmm. So, what I'm asking you is do we, should we get somebody with a personality? Somebody like Bruce Pearl did at Auburn that can will his program to become relevant, especially when that program is competing against Lane Kiffin's football team for eyeballs, the defending national champion baseball team for eyeballs, and right in the middle is that basketball team. I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad idea. Um, I think I really think that you you made a strong point there that eat okay each school in America is a little bit different with how they tier their sports with their fan base, right? Like at Kentucky, obviously basketball is more important than football and baseball at Ole Miss football and baseball are one and two followed by men's basketball. And at a lot of places in the country, it's not like that, but that's the way it is here. And that's the way that you kind of have to approach it. Um, I, I don't think that Ole Miss fans expect, I, I may be wrong here, but I don't think they expect this program to be in the NCAA tournament every single year. I think they want to be in the conversation every year and make it, you know, maybe every other year. And if, if you go on a run there, you know, that's, that's great. But um, yeah, I mean, I think somebody who is, who is charismatic, who can energize the fan base because the facilities are there, right? I mean, the pavilion is great. It's gorgeous. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think anybody can argue against that, but um You've got the facilities, you've got the campus, you've got the town, you just don't have the history to go along with it. And so there has to be something to kind of break that mold a little bit. Somebody who's maybe, you know, not, not just not what Ole Miss is used to. Somebody who's pretty charismatic and things like that. And Andy Kennedy had some of that. But, um, and I, and personally, I liked covering Kermit Davis. I thought he was a really good guy. But, um you know, it's just some somebody who can energize this fan base a little bit because I think that is what is most missing. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be important. You need that guy. Rob Evans went around to fraternities and went around campus, and he had the whole gimmick where they brought the team out through the student section. They were trying to get eyeballs. They were he was trying to get attention, and it worked. Um, Andy Kennedy did a little bit of that in the beginning, but the problem that Andy Kennedy ran into was the SEC just wasn't good. Whenever he was there, if the SEC was a little bit better, he would have probably still won the same games and have been to the tournament four times. Uh, And he would have been exactly what Ole Miss fans were looking for. But the SEC just happened to not be good. Now the SEC is good. So you have to find somebody that can compete at a high level. And, you know, I am I'm not advocating for Chris Beard, but I do see people around the fan base is like, well, if you hire Chris Beard in 18 months, something happens your program's ruined. No, it's not. Not not even a little bit. If something happens 18 months, you cut bait and go find the next guy. It, it doesn't blow back on Ole Miss at all. It, 
it's one of those weird things. I think it's one of those situations where random people like to interject their biases on an inanimate object, such as a basketball program or something like that. So if they are an extremely moral person, they want their basketball team to be extremely moral. It, but in the reality is it's just an inanimate object. And the meaning of it is what you take from it. And stuff like that is not going to blow back on the program because it can't. Right. I, I, I think I agree with that. I think that this is an important hire for Keith Carter, though, mm-hmm. in, in, in multiple respects. I mean, we've, we've touched on some of them, but, you know, Keith Carter played in this program. And so if anybody, in my opinion now, I, I could be completely wrong, but if, if anybody has a big investment, a big interest in seeing this program be successful, it's Keith Carter, right? So, you know, we talked about football and baseball being one and two, as far as, you know, favorite sports, I guess, at Ole Miss and basketball being third, well, you have an AD who's a basketball guy. So that doesn't mean basketball's going to get thrown by the wayside. I think he is extremely invested in this process. And, you know, whether it's Chris Beard or whoever, no, I, I don't think it blows back on the program. Um, I think some people might look at Keith Carter a little bit differently if something like that were to happen. But um, the program itself, no, I, I don't I, – I agree with you there completely. Yeah, and, and and honestly, if they hire Dusty May and Dusty May comes here and does four years and he isn't successful and he's just like every other basketball coach has come to, that's going to blow on Keith Carter the same way. And that's Absolutely. just – yeah. So, it's, the Ole Miss basketball program is in a place where you can take this risk. You can shoulder this risk. And I just don't know – I, I, maybe there's just some people that think it's something different than it is. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I can I, – I think fan bases as a whole can do that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they they think that, okay, my school's program is something that it's not, you know, it, for, in, in, be, in a better sense than it's not. Um, and so, yeah, I, I can I can totally agree with that. But I, I will throw this in. Um some people would have looked at the Lane Kiffin hire that Keith Carter made as not being a good choice mm-hmm. uh, because it is a little bit off the wall, a little quirky. Um, but he has been a perfect fit at Ole Miss, in my opinion, and so far has been successful in what he's done. Um, so There's obviously pe- the football and basketball programs are different, but you know I, I don't think Keith Carter is averse to making a what would be viewed as a somewhat risky hire by those on the outside. Yeah, yeah, Keith Carter has absolutely done that because if you ask certain people and they'll tell you, the Lane Kiffin hire probably alienated the Manning family. And yeah. and if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to cross that Rubicon, you are willing to make a hard choice, I do believe. Yeah, no, I, I, I fully agree, 100%. Mm-hmm. So let's change the subject real quick. I mean, we did our video hot board, um, but – a tweet came out yesterday about the Ole Miss football schedule being like third or fourth toughest in the country, and which it will. It's at Georgia and at Alabama. That's what that means. But what should the expectations be for this year's football season? Man, I know that it is early, um, and we've still got spring and everything to go through, but and a quarterback competition to sort out. Um, I think – okay – in the regular season this year, eight and four towards the end, especially after the start, was viewed as somewhat of a failure, right? I, I, I think I can say that confidently. Um, 
looking at the schedule this year, you know, for the for the upcoming season, I think eight and four, nine and three would be viewed as a success this year. Just because you go to Athens and to Tuscaloosa and you're, you know, you're gonna be dealing with Hugh Freeze at Auburn and all the emotions that are wrapped up in all of that and just the SEC in general. Um I think that expectations this year will be different than they were last year just because of those factors. Um, and I, I think that this Ole Miss team has the chance to be pretty darn good. Um, but this team can be pretty good and finish eight and four. You know, does that make sense? Kind of how, yeah. how I'm, how I'm framing yeah. that. I kind of look at this um, like, and this isn't even a Mississippi state thing that I'm about to say, but if Ole Miss wins their last game, eight and four is acceptable. If Ole Miss loses their last game, it's got to be nine and three. Yeah, I, I think I can. I think I can get on board with that because you and I both know in in this state, regardless of what people say, that game carries a lot of weight. Hmm. And it one because it's a rivalry game, but two, it's because it's the last one that heads into your bowl game in the off season. I think that that is sometimes understated um, because it's it's what it's what sends you into next year, really, and. Uh, you know, you're competing for all these in-state kids and everything throughout throughout the recruiting cycle. And, um, you know, those those games on paper can be viewed as very important. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that is, that is definitely understandable that, you know, nine and three with an Egg Bowl loss is viewed a lot more positively than eight and four with an Egg Bowl loss. Now, eight and four with an Egg Bowl win is still viewed, you know, successfully. Um, but, man, this this schedule is – is tough, right? Because, you know, LSU looks to be pretty good again. Um, of course, you've got Alabama and Georgia. Uh, who knows what Texas A&M is, is going to do? I still think eventually all of that talent that comes in through recruiting is going to show up on the field somehow, right? Now, it may not be under Jimbo Fisher. I don't know. But at some point, I think it is going to show up. Um, that's that's not going to be a gimme. Auburn is not going to be a gimme now. Um, so, it, it's definitely a bear, but I do think this team has some success in front of them uh, if they can if they can put these pieces together and figure out the quarterback position. Yeah, and but the other side of that is you when you look at the schedule, there's only one one game on the schedule. You just look down and you put an L, and that's the Georgia game. So it's it's there's some toss up games and there's a lot of them, four or five this season. But there's five games that Ole Miss is supposed to win. There's one game that they're supposed to lose. And then there's five that, depending on those games, depends on how the season goes, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think in the SEC, a lot of times for teams that are in a situation kind of like Ole Miss where they're successful, they're not expected to compete for a national championship, but they are you know, expected to be pretty good, um, it boils down to those toss-up games, right? And there's always multiple Okay, and you know it, the coin it's fifty fifty, right? And if you if you win three of those, I mean you're doing pretty good. But um, it could just as easily go the other way, and that completely changes how that season is viewed forever when people look back on it, um, just because of a coin flip here, a coin flip there. And uh, for teams like Ole Miss is kind of expected to be this year. That is a lot of times the case. Yeah, and if you look at the schedule, like you got five games supposed to be a W, six games that's a toss up, and one game that's an L. So Ole Miss to go eight and four needs to go three and three in those toss up games. Yeah, if my uh, if my math is correct, there. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I'm from Simpson County, Mississippi, so I could be off on that one. Yeah, but um, three and three possible, especially with LSU at home, Arkansas at home, 
Um, A&M at home. A&M at home. And then you go on the road at Mississippi State because that's being listed as a toss-up, but Ole Miss probably has a talent advantage over Mississippi State at the moment. So if you win four of those games, it's a 9-3 and three season, and you got all the momentum in the world getting ready for that 2024 season that's unbelievably important at the start of the playoff the whole nine yards. Yeah, and you know I, I think that 2023 is very important, but I think in some ways it is just as important as a setup for 2024, right? I think you've said that as well, mm-hmm. um, that t- the, the importance of the 2024 season cannot be overstated, I don't think, just because of all the changes that are coming uh, in college football and assuming that, you know, maybe Walker Howard is taking snaps. Um, but, you know, yeah, I, I agree. And, I don't think fans will discount this this coming season at all. You know, they fans want to be successful regardless of what year it is. But 2023 is just as important to set up for the next season as far as Ole Miss is concerned. Because once that 12-team playoff hits, all bets are off. You know, there are multiple times in over the last 10, 20 years that Ole Miss would be in that 12-team playoff. Um, and it's it's a golden opportunity for the future for them to be able to to reach that pinnacle. All right. Thanks again for making the Locked On Almost podcast your first and listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Actually, that is quite relevant now, so you might get some news on Ole Miss as well. It's got everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. John, thank you so much for stopping by today. A little video hot board. I'm excited to release this one. Um, tonight before the baseball game and um, let it just simmer and percolate over the weekend. It should be pretty good, man. Yeah, thanks, Stephen. I appreciate it. All right, take care, bud.